I'd like to say good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. Worship together. I also have been blessed, as Brother Gerald mentioned, with the Sunday school time and the time of being together, looking at Christ's words out of Matthew 10 and 11. I want to express your, my appreciation to you for your prayer support over the last few weeks as we were out in Minnesota teaching at the Bible school. Uh, God bless you for that. I think we had a really good term. Uh, lots of young people that we learned to know and hopefully influence. This morning's message is titled, The Stunted Christians. And I'll share with you that I agonized over that title this past week and also the graphics for the PowerPoint. The text is taken from Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11, and now on into chapter 6. I invite you to turn there. We will read the text in a few moments. Babies are cute. We are enjoying our grandchildren very much. We are drawn to babies, their sweetness and helplessness, and their pretty clothes and their smiles, and the sweet smells of the oil and stuff that their mothers put on them after they are all cleaned up. I wonder sometimes if God made them that way so that we will take care of them, even though they otherwise can be a bit of a challenge at times to to enjoy. But babies are cute. We marvel at their cleverness, especially if they're related to us, their natural ability. And we're really blessed to see a healthy infant and later a growing and developing child. They bring tremendous enjoyment and blessing, among other things. I've not been there, but one of the most alarming things that has to be for a parent is to observe their child not developing properly. A child that is stunted, that has impaired physical or mental development. They're falling behind, they're staying the same, and they're not developing properly. They're not gaining like they should, they're stunted. And our spiritual development should, our lack of spiritual development should also concern us very much. And that is the focus of this morning's message, is to raise awareness of what can happen when we become stunted in our spiritual development. Tim Hansel tells a story in his book, Holy Sweat, that a close friend of his was asked back to their 40-year high school reunion. And he shares for months that this man saved up money to take his wife and fly off to another state where this reunion was being held. People that he'd known four decades before. The closer the time came for the reunion, Tim noticed that this man was getting more excited and, and more... Uh, uh, just looking forward to this event. He wondered what these old friends would be like after 40 years of not having seen some of them. He wondered if they had encountered Christ as he had done and if their appreciation for Christ was like his was. He tried to guess what some of his friends would look like and what kind of jobs and families that these special friends would have. 
Tim continues the story. The day came to leave and I drove them to the airport. Their energy was almost contagious. I'll pick you up on Sunday evening and you can tell me all about it, he said. Have a great time. Sunday evening arrived and as I watched them get off the plane, my friend seemed almost despondent. I almost didn't want to ask, but finally I said, how was the reunion? Tim, the man said, it was one of the saddest experiences of my life. Good grief, I said, more than a little surprised. What happened? It wasn't what happened, but what didn't happen. It has been 40 years, 40 years, and they haven't changed. They had simply gained weight, changed clothes, gotten jobs, but they really hadn't changed. What I experienced was maybe one of the most tragic things I could ever imagine about life. For reasons I can't fully understand, it seems as if some people choose not to change. There was a long silence as we walked back to the car. On the drive home, he turned to me and said, I never, I never, never want that to be said of me, Tim. Life is too precious, too sacred, too important. If you ever see me go stagnant like that, I hope you give me a quick, swift kick where I need it. And I hope you'll love me enough to challenge me to keep growing. Time does not bring maturity in the spiritual life. Not physically, not spiritually. Time does not automatically bring maturity. You would think that it would, but it doesn't. I read of a high school principal recently who promoted one of his teachers to an administrative position. And this teacher had some 10 years of teaching experience and she was promoted into the office there. And one of her fellow teachers was upset because he had 25 years of experience and he didn't get promoted. And so he approached the principal and said, why did you promote this other person? I have 25 years of experience and she only has 10. No, he said, that's not correct. You have one year's experience 25 times. Growth is so important, and growth spiritually especially is so important. And we're going to be looking at the text from Hebrews 5, and I sense a bit of frustration in the Hebrew writer's tone as he writes, as he finishes up chapter 5 and moves into chapter 6. He had so much to share with them, and they weren't getting it. They were stunted Christians, still spiritual babies, The question I have for you and for myself also this morning is, are you a stunted Christian? And I can't stand here and see whether you are or not. And I couldn't judge anyway. So the message this morning is for you to evaluate your own personal walk with the Lord. Where are you with Christ? Are you still there? Are you a baby in Christ? Are you still there drinking milk and making a mess? Or have you been growing spiritually? If you have your Bibles open uh, to Hebrews chapter 5, let's stand together and we'll read the text. Hebrews 5, I begin reading at verse 11 and then on into chapter 6. It's one of those places where the people who put the chapters in didn't do a really good job there in Hebrews. Verse 11 of Hebrews 5, above, about this we have much to say and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. 
For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Verse 1 of chapter 6, Therefore let us leave the elementary doctrines of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and an instruction about washings and laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this will we will do if God permits. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying again, once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those whose sake it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You may be seated. We'll begin with a definition. And the definition is for stunted. What does it mean to be stunted? I think you know what it means, but it means to have stopped, to slow down, or hindered growth or development, arrested development. That's what stunted is. Someone who is no longer growing the way they should and maturing the way they should. To me, that is exactly the person that the writer to the Hebrews here is talking to. It's someone who has been born again, who is a baby in Christ, who is saved at this point, but has not grown the way they should have. He's not doing well in the spiritual sense. The message this morning has the following overview. The stunted Christian, we're going to look first at the characteristics of the stunted Christian. What it is it that defines that person? Secondly, the consequences of being stunted. And thirdly, the cure. Let's begin then with the characteristics of the stunted Christian. And the first one that I have is a hearing disconnect. If you have your Bibles open, I encourage you to look at verse 11 of chapter 5. That's where this is taken from. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. He says that the stunted Christian is someone who is dull of hearing. The word dull there is nothros, or means sluggish or lazy. It is a lazy listener, someone who is lazy in their listening. This is a characteristic of a stunted Christian. 
It is a faulty connection between the ear and the heart. There is not a good connection between the ear and the heart. Nothing physically wrong with the ear. It is a callousness or a hardness that has developed between the ear and the heart. A carelessness is there, an an ignoring, an indifference that has developed in the heart of the stunted Christian in the connection. I don't know if you've ever been in a noisy setting and worked there for a while. Eventually you become indifferent to the background noise or largely indifferent to it. If you're sitting at the end of close to the uh, runway where aircraft are constantly landing, if you are in a doctor's office with music playing in the background, eventually you start ignoring that noise. It becomes background noise. That, I believe, is what the stunted Christian is doing to the Word. To what they're supposed to be hearing and taking to heart, they are starting to ignore it. And they've tagged those inputs, not important, not critical, and ignore. It's not a good characteristic for the Christian who gets his sustenance and his growth from the Word. I'd like you to listen to Jesus' interpretation of the parable of the sower. I invite you to turn in your Bibles now to Luke chapter 8. I want to read a few verses there. Jesus is talking about hearing. Luke chapter 8, begin reading at verse 11. I'd like you to notice as we read through this passage, the references to hearing, to hear and hearing. Luke 8, verse 11. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe it for a while in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for those on the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not even that what he thinks, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Jesus is saying, listen up. That's the message there. Listen up. It's important that you listen all the way down to your heart. And some of you come to a Sunday morning service this day, and I don't, I'm not picking on anybody, but you are doing exactly what Jesus is saying not to do. You're coming into church and you're tuning out the preacher. You put a little tag on, on, the, on the communication coming into your ears, not important. You put a little tag on there that says, I'm going to survive this service once again and I'm going to walk out without having anything happen to me. That's what I'm talking about when those who are dull of hearing. We can sit in our own 
devotional in the morning, their private time with the Lord, and we're reading the Word, and we've got a tag on that information that says, I'm, it's not important to me. I'm going to read this chapter, come whatever, but it's not important to me. It's not going to change anything that I'm doing. Dullness of hearing leads to stranded growth and arrested development, possibly spiritual death, and it's very dangerous. When the word is presented, we need to listen up. It's not that we can't physically hear, it's that we don't attribute importance to what is said. We ignore what we read. It's not critical, we believe, and we become stunted. And our growth, for some of you, has stopped entirely. Thirty, forty, fifty years old and still nursing from a bottle. The next characteristic of the stunted Christian is the inability to teach. Verse 12 of our text, Hebrews 5, if you want to turn back there to our text, Hebrews 5, verse 12 says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You can't teach. You're a stunted Christian. The problem is that you don't, not that you, again, that you don't have the physical ability to do it, it's because you don't have enough interest in the subject matter. That's where the problem is. Oh, you can teach all day long on some hobby that interests you. If I ask you about what you do at work and you have a real interest in that, you can teach me all kinds of things about what you're doing. If I was to ask Norman about accounting practices and he could teach me a long line about accounting or someone in engineering or someone in drama or someone, whatever your interest is, you can teach. The problem is not that physical ability that you can't teach, but it's because of your you're taking enough interest. And that is a symptom of a stunted Christian who's not taking enough interest in the spiritual things. Colossians 3, verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Think about it. Meditate on it. Chew it again and take it in. It becomes a part of us. Take a real interest in the Word. Can you teach the Word? Is the Word of interest to you? Do you spend time with it? Can you teach? One of the characteristics of the stunted Christian is that they can't teach. Can you leave your comfort zone on your move to maturity? Teaching is leaving the comfort zone for some of us and moving forward. I heard the story about the breaking of the sound barrier. I don't know if any of you ever read that story. Chuck Yeager was involved. 1947. And nobody had ever broken the sound barrier. And there was all kinds of mystique about what would happen if somebody broke the sound barrier in an aircraft. 
They're afraid that you would just 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 be be blown to pieces, smashed to pieces. Chuck Yeager was invited to be a test pilot. Colonel Body, his superior, said, "No, nobody knows for sure what happens until somebody gets there. Chuck, you'll be flying into the unknown." After nine attempts on October 14, 1947, Yeager finally broke the sound barrier. He later wrote, I was thunderstruck. After all the anxiety, breaking the sound barrier turned out to be a perfectly paved speedway. After all the anticipation, it was really a letdown. The unknown was a poke through jello. Your life, like Chuck's airplane, will shake in the process of maturing into the person God wants you to be. The stuff of your life is unaccustomed to this type of pressure, but God is with you and behind you. His grace is sufficient. I think that we find freedom on the other side. Like a friend of mine has said, I don't know why I waited so long. Rick Warren notes the mark of spiritual maturity occurs when a believer takes off the bib and puts on an apron. I'd like you to think of that word picture just for a minute. The sign of maturity in a Christian life is when they take off the bib and put on an apron. Able to teach. Able to help others rather than drinking milk and spilling it all over the bib. The third characteristic of the stunted Christian is the poor use of milk. Nothing wrong with milk. It's nutritious. It's easily digested. It has essential nutrients for growth and development. It's what you do with the milk that is important. It's what the child does with the milk that they take in so that they're able to move on to more solid food. In your Bibles, verse 12, of Hebrews 5. I want to look at the second part of that verse. Hebrews 5:12b, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid foods is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You have to start as a child with a good use of milk. How else are you going to get mature? How else are you going to get up to the point where you can actually eat more solid food? The problem with the people that the Hebrew writer was talking to, the stunted Christian, is that they never progressed. They didn't use the milk well. They just stayed in a stunted condition. They didn't, the milk was not bringing growth in their lives. Solid food is for the mature. He says you're going to, by constant practice, just be able to distinguish good from evil. God's promise, God's gospel promises to transform your moral senses, your spiritual mind, so that you can discern between good and evil. And some of the things that inhibit the good use of milk is disobedience and lack of self-control. Poor use of milk involves disobedience to the word. Uh, 
What you do with alcohol and sex and money and leisure and food and computers have more to do with your becoming mature in eating steak than where you go to school and what books you read. The path to maturity and to solid biblical food is not first becoming an intelligent person, but becoming an obedient person. One of the things with babies is their lack of self-control. You all know that. You were all babies. Of course, you didn't realize it at the time, but your parents did. You didn't have a lot of self-control. You barfed over everything and you made a big mess. And you were always crying about something. The babies need to be carried because they lack the necessary control and muscle coordination to sit up, less, much less walk or run. If babies are healthy and normal and drink milk the way they should, in time they will develop more and more self-control, a sure sign of growth and maturity. And that's what we need if we're going to, to grow and become mature as Christians. We need to use that milk responsibly. There was this boy on his 16th birthday approached his father and said, Dad, I'm 16 now. And I'd like to, when I get my license, can I drive the, the family car? Dad looked at him and said, Son, driving the car takes maturity. And first you must prove that you're responsible enough. And one way you must do that is to bring up your grades in school. They're not acceptable. Second, you must read the Bible every day. And finally, you must get that haircut. It looks outrageous. The son began the task of fulfilling his father's requirements, knowing that the last might be impossible. When his grades came up, he went to his dad with a big smile. Look, Dad, all A's and B's on my report card. Now can I drive the family car? Very good, son. You're one-third of the way there. But have you been reading the Bible? Father replied, yes, Dad. Every... The father replied, yes, Dad, every day, said the son. Very good, son. You are two-thirds of the way there. Now when, you are... when are you going to get that hair cut? The son, thinking that he could outsmart the father, responded, well, I don't see why I should get my hair cut to drive the car. Jesus had long hair, didn't he? Father looked at his boy and said, that's right, son. And Jesus walked everywhere he went. <laughs> learning to grow, learning to take responsibility is part of the maturing responsibility. First, drink in the milk. Drink it in your quiet time. Drink it in. Learn to develop a craving for that milk of the word. Peter says, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. If, in, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, savor that milk. That milk that you started out with, we need to savor it. We need to be um, nourished by it, be satisfied for it. Take heed to it. Be obedient to what you know. Be obedient to the word. Allow it to change your values and priorities. Allow it to influence your discernment of good and evil. Some of the most educated minds out there are still living on milk because they're not obedient to the milk of the word and never move on. I think that's key in our maturing spiritually. Obedience to the word that we take in. Obedience to what we know is God's word. That brings up maturity and allows us to move on to 
more solid food. The fourth and final characteristic that we will look at this morning of the stunted Christian is the constant laying of foundations. The Hebrew writer in Hebrews 6, if you're there, let's read the first three verses, Hebrews 6. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. A symptom or a sign or a characteristic of the stunted Christian is the constant laying of foundations and relaying of foundations. Major Ian Thomas, obviously a Brit, said, You know, I have discovered an interesting thing about American Christians. They do not usually come to church to learn anything. Whatever they do, not know yet themselves, they think is heresy. What they want to hear is the same old stuff, so they can say, Amen, brother, Amen. Always back on the same foundation. Laying foundations and not going any further. Tearing up the foundations and building them again. Tearing them out again and laying them down again. What foundations are we talking about? Well, he mentions doctrines relating to conversion. Conversion is so important. It's very foundational. But that's what it is. It's foundational. It's you got saved. That is the foundation. You need to build on that foundation. Don't stay there and keep tearing it up again and building it up again and tearing it up and building it again. Listening to the testimonies in some churches will kind of demonstrate what I'm talking about. Ask for testimonies and this guy gets up, he says, I got saved 32 years ago. God convicted me and he brought me to salvation. 32 years ago, I got peace with God. That's great. That's beautiful. But has God been doing anything since in your life? We say that we're preaching the simple gospel. Yeah, it's way too simple. We're always going back to the foundation. We're always going back to the foundation and we're not moving on. We're not moving on. We're not moving on to the things that bring growth. We're always talking about baptism. He mentions baptizing. We're talking about speaking in tongues. We're talking about things like that. We're talking about prophecy. Always the same little thing we're talking about. Maybe it's the current rage that's in Christendom out there. The movement that is currently being talked about. We're always talking about that. We're laying foundations and we're not moving on. I think that's a characteristic of the stunted Christian. The consequences of being a stunted Christian. What's wrong with being a stunted Christian? Our churches are full of them. Christians that if you could see them, their physical size is is one thing. Their spiritual size is very, very different. If you were to look at people walking up the aisle, they, their spiritual size is just, you know, it never has developed. They're still stunted. They haven't grown. And I'm not pointing fingers at other people so much as I want you to be looking at yourself 
and carefully evaluating this morning, am I a stunted Christian? Or have I been growing? Have I been faithful taking in that milk of the word and growing with it? Have I been willing to teach? Have I been moving on from the foundational things into things that cause me to grow? Some very, very sobering words I want to read for you here out of out of Hebrews. The first consequence of the stunted Christian is the danger of apostasy. The danger of falling away. With stagnation of growth, there is increased danger of apostasy. The danger of giving up. The danger of turning away. So many turn back because they never got past first base. They're still drinking that spiritual milk and raising Cain all night. Reading from verse 4 of Hebrews 6. I'd like you to note the seriousness, the serious tone of the Hebrew writer here. For it is impossible, verse 4, in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding them up to contempt. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Who is he talking about here? He's talking about Christians. These are Christians. They have been enlightened. They have tasted the heavenly gift. They have shared in the Holy Spirit. They have tasted of the goodness of the word. They have experienced the power of God in their lives. And Christians can fall away. This is where I differ in doctrine from the Calvinist. Christians can fall away. I think this is one of the clear scriptures that we can see out of the whole New Testament that give us this possibility. These are clearly Christians and they fall away. They can give up. They turn away. Peter uses some graphic imagery when he talks about this. He says it's a dog who returns to his vomit. It's a sow that was washed, has returned to her wallowing in the mire. And the writer of the Hebrews here is showing us how dangerous it is to live the life of a stunted Christian. You're a little baby. You're just, 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 you haven't grown beyond small stuff. You haven't grown. I, I have no way of knowing, but I, I think I'm, I would be talking to 90 plus percent of American Christians today who haven't grown. What is the long-term prognosis for recovery? It's not good. They're exposing the Savior to open shame through their lifestyle. They are choosing to produce thorns and thistles instead of a useful crop.
It's not good. I know that God is is merciful and long-suffering. And he doesn't want anyone to perish. He continues to trim and to prune and till around his plants in hopes that they will produce fruit. When When does God give up on a patch that is given over to thorns and thistles? I can't tell. And it's dangerous to make a judgment call when God no longer works with that patch, but then he roots it up and burns it. It's dangerous. And the the message to us this morning is not to make you scared, but to make you aware of the seriousness of staying little in your Christian walk. The seriousness of staying in that condition of an infant and not moving on to healthy growth and maturity. The warning signs are given in this passage I just read. Reading from Second Peter, you don't need to turn there. Second Peter two, verse seventeen. These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For them the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they enticed by sensual passions of the flesh, those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption, for whatever comes a person to that he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit and the sow after washing herself returns to wallow in the mire. I think we need to look at our own hearts this morning. What are the fruits that are there? I need to look at my heart. You need to look at your heart. Are there fruits there that show that you're in fact growing in your Christian walk? Are there fruits there? And if there aren't, it should scare the living daylights out of you. Are you growing? Are you growing? The cure. Verse 9 to 12 in Hebrews chapter 6. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that have belonged to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises." What is secure to the, for the stunted Christian? It's, to, it's the opposite of all of the characteristics that we saw. The cure is the opposite of all of those characteristics. Instead of having a disconnect to the hearing of the Word, really listen to the Word all the way down to your heart. Really listen to the Word. Let it have effect in your lives. Get out and teach the Word. Be willing to teach. Properly use the milk of the word by being obedient and discerning. Stop laying foundations over and over and move on. And there's some further encouragement that I want to share here briefly. 
The first one is that God is faithful. He mentions that in our text. God is faithful. We think that sometimes nobody notices what's going on in our lives. He does. We think that sometimes our service is not rewarded. It is. God knows where you are and he understands. He will be there for us as we turn to him in sincerity. He will work with us. He will continue to give grace. He will never fail us. He is on the sideline encouraging and cheering for us. Number two, the encouragement is for diligence. And that's the whole gist of the message here this morning is for each one of us, including myself, is to be diligent. Be diligent. Don't, don't, don't be content to sit there on your back and and suck that bottle. Because you're in a dangerous spot and that's not where God wants you. God doesn't want stunted Christians. That's not his plan. Hebrews later on in chapter 10 says, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Yet a little while, and the coming coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. God has given us examples of the great men and women of faith to follow. We should imitate these great men and women of faith. That's what our text says. We should be looking at them and seeing how they persevered. Abraham is, is, is immediately mentioned after our text. Man of faith, a man who followed God. Moses and others are raised in Hebrews 11 who prove that it can be done. We can mature. We can become vibrant followers of Christ. I want to wrap up then this this morning's message by just sharing a couple of words in closing. One is that the Christian life is serious. I know you know that. I I know you knew that when you came here today. But I want to emphasize that. It is very serious. Your Christian walk in your growth is very serious. Don't be content where you are. We dare not be content where we are. God wants us to grow up into Christian maturity. Do you, do I have any of those characteristics of the stunted Christian? Write that down. And take action because that's not good. Allow the Holy Spirit to work within you and change you. Get into the Word and develop a craving for good nourishment. Develop a holy discontent for where you are spiritually. And let's move beyond the basics into a vibrant relationship with the Lord. God bless you very much.